good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN. Or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. Revelation is a, a very unique book. And a lot of people look at Revelation as being optional. Revelation is not an optional book. It is a necessary book for us to understand the message that God has for us. And so as we go through this and as we look at it and we read it, we need to understand that there are so many different things that's going on in the book of Revelation. And the big thing that most people they, they miss is the, the literal humanity of God. If God didn't care for us, he would have never given us the book of Revelation. God cares for us so much, number one, that he gave us his son so that we could live, amen? But he gave us the book of Revelation so that we would not be in the dark, you see, revelation is a revealing, it's an uncovering. And so what God is trying to show us in this book is that he wants to explain everything to us. He wants us to know he does not want us in the dark. So many years have gone by that people have stayed away from this book. And it saddens me to know that. So many people have looked at this book, and, and I can remember when I was younger, and I would be in meetings with my dad, and I was one of those kind of people. Dad would do this thing called family business. And if dad ever said family business, what that meant was, son, you're going to hear some things, but keep your mouth shut. We need to teach some people that today, don't we? Just putting that out there. Seems like Facebook, we put everything out there, don't we? We talk about it all. We share it all. We, we tell everything we know. We see everything. I mean, I've seen pictures on Facebook about, you know, people doing stuff that they, uh-uh, that don't need to be on there. But God's not trying to hide anything from us. He's trying to reveal to us. Amen? And what we need to understand and what is most important about this is that as my dad would be talking to these guys, they would say things like this. Pastor Cantrell, not, not me, but my daddy. Y'all know me, I'm just Howie. But they would say, Pastor Cantrell, why do you teach on Revelation? Why do you preach on Revelation? Don't you know that, that this person in the church says not to do that and this person in the church says stay away from it? And I watched my dad navigate these waters and spend his entire ministry studying the book of Revelation. And what I have found out about it is this. When most people, I will say this, and I'll, I'll use a very blanket statement. Most people, when they say, don't read Revelation, don't study Revelation, stay away from that book, it is that they are ignorant of the book. Are you still with me? They're ignorant of what the importance of Revelation is. And because of their ignorance, they don't understand. And so therefore, since they don't understand, they don't want to look bad, so they tell you not to look at it. I'm going to tell you right now, I want you to read this book. 
I want you to bring things to my attention that I didn't see. If I get something wrong, call me out on it. I don't want to mess this up. Are y'all with me? Are you behind me today? Because as I share with you, I want you to know what God is saying to me, but I want you to know too that God speaks to you as well. And don't look to me for all of your answers. Look to God for all of your answers. On your knees, go before him and you will find things. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid of what God gave us in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Most of the time when people talk about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, they start thinking about speaking in tongues and jumping and running and all the stuff that's as negative that's associated with. But you need to understand the Holy Spirit is your teacher. He's your guide. And he will bring all things to your understanding if you will just allow him to speak. Amen? So as we dig into this today, what I want us to do is to understand that there are some very simple rules on how to study Revelation. It's not difficult if we just go by a few things. So let me, if you will, allow me to read some of these things to you. We must not change the meaning of the words of prophecy to something different from the words of history. Number two, we must not use spiritual or symbolic meanings when they are not called for. Number three, we must clearly, uh, excuse me, we must see clearly that prophecy can be understood since it is history written beforehand. Actually, the summing up and uh, consummation of all prophecy. Number four, we must understand that although two events may be in succeeding verses of Scripture, there can be hundreds, even thousands of years between those events. And so when we read it, we want to think that it's like just bam, bam, bam. It may or may not be, okay? And so we need to be careful with that. Number five, we must understand that a person prophesying can only foretell, okay? They're just prophesying. They're saying what is to come. Number six, we must understand that prophecy does not have to be fulfilled before it can be understood. Number seven, we must not interpret God's own interpretation of anything in prophecy, but always take all prophecy literally unless it's clear that it can have a literal meaning. It cannot rather have a literal meaning. And the last one, we must get the literal truth conveyed by the figurative language. Now, the reason I'm saying this to us today so that you guys can get this is that as I go through this, I am going to be breaking down more and more and more of the scripture, giving you my insight. And I want to put this disclaimer out as we start. This is the way that I understand Revelation today. This is the way that I see Revelation. This is the way that I've studied it up to this point, and this is what I know. And what I'm sharing with you is what I have learned so far. There are some truths that I will not back down from that, number one, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen? But there are some things that I don't know all of the details about, and I'm willing to learn. So this is how I see it today. And so if I come back later and I say, you know what, I was, I was reading, I was studying, I found something else out that I didn't know before, I may be going, in other words, back and forth in a conversation as we go through the book of Revelation, 
<clears throat> as we go through it, I may be going back and forth because I may be learning some more things as I'm studying this go round. Amen. So I just want you not to be ignorant, but to be enlightened. I want your understanding to open and I want your understanding to grow. Amen. So let's talk just for a second about the title of Revelation. The, the biggest part about Revelation is that it is not the covering, but the unveiling. The book of Revelation, listen, watch this. The book of Revelation reveals, not conceals. The book of Revelation is revealing even in its name. It is a revelation. God wants us to know what is in this book. And as we study it, we're going to learn more and more and more about it. So as we look at the date and the place, I want us to understand <clears throat> that there is so much to, to learning about Revelation when we find out where it was written. So let's look at something right quick. I know this is going to be difficult for you to see, but I don't know if I can pull this. But, right, I won't do it. Okay, so I was going to try something. Anyway, this is the Isle of Patmos or the Island of Patmos. In the bottom part of your screen right there, the big part in the bottom, there is a part that's right there on the coast that's called the Apocalypsis. The Apocalypsis is the place where John actually received historically received the, um, the vision, if you want to call it a vision, but it's a little bit more than that to me, where he received the knowledge of the book of Revelation. So as we, as we look at this also, this is the actual place that John lived. This is the historical cave of John. It has been made now into a shrine and it's been built and put up in a way that you can't get into it unless you, you know, you get a permission to go in it. You know, they've got a, 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 a like a monastery-like thing built around it. It's very fortified. But in reading about Patmos and, and throughout the ages, how many times it's turned over to other governments and other countries and been taken in war and been controlled by other people's and this place has still been maintained as a sacred place, even though they're of all different kinds of religions because of what it was and what it is. And so <clears throat> as we look at that, the big thing that I want us to see and understand today is that John did not write the book of Revelation sitting at a desk in a heated or air-conditioned or place of comfort, he had been exiled to this island because the Roman government said he was causing too much trouble. He had been put there and persecuted for the gospel's sake. Now, I can imagine now you see the tapestries and you see the, the kneeling benches and the chairs that are there and all this nice stuff, but I can imagine when John was there, it wasn't so much like that. 
I can imagine it being more like him going out and, and cutting grasses off the hillside there to make a thing to lay on and trying to find some sticks and things to build a fire and trying to find ways of, of coming up with ink and parchment, things like this, because he was in an isolated place. This was a place for prisoners. This was not a, a luxury getaway. However, if you look it up today, there's so many nice resorts that are there in this place. And you can take a cruise ship over and see where John got the revelation. And it's so nice. But in that day, it was hard. It was harsh. It was bad. But God still knew that John was there. And he hadn't given up on John. And so the thing as we go into the next part of this is understanding the relevance and the importance of the book. In John, in, uh, John, in Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, we see some very, very important things. The scripture says this, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the words of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. For the time is near. We need to understand how close the time is. I've, I've spoken to you in the last few weeks and I've told you I do not believe we're in the last days. I believe we're in the last hours or the last minutes before the next coming of Christ when he comes back. He's not going to put his foot, I'm jumping ahead to the end, he's not going to put his foot down on the earth just yet. The Bible says he's going to stop midway of the air. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those that are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him midway of the air. But I can tell you when he does come and put his foot back on this earth again, it's going to be another story. And the people that denied him and the people that said he wasn't God, that he wasn't the Messiah, that he wasn't the Son of God, there's going to be a whole nother attitude. Because I'm telling you, the one that left is not the one that will return because the lamb left, the sacrifice left, but when he comes back, he's the lion of Judah. Man, I feel this today. Righteousness is written upon his right thigh. A sword is in his right hand and he's riding a white horse. And when he comes back, it is no joke. It's not a game and people will recognize who he is. Amen? I love this stuff. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just, I'm getting a little tore up. So, now, I got all this stuff put together, and I was doing so good, I said, I'm going to bed early tonight. So, Becky went to bed at 8.30 because she had Zane all day yesterday, and she was exhausted. And I went to bed at 930 because I was too from watching them. And I went and I laid down. And when I laid down, this book started running over and over and over. 
and I had to go get my computer and I had to go get my notes because there was so much more that I wanted to share. I'm just, I'm really beside myself right now because what I did was I forgot to put my scriptures in my iPad for the rest of this. But the good thing about this is that I do have technology with me today and I can, <laughs> I can look it up. Y'all give me just a minute. And this is why we pray, amen. <laughs> All right, bring it to me. See it, bring it to me. This is what I'm looking for. When we go into the next step here, we see the greeting to the seven churches. Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. The firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. Behold, he is coming in clouds and every eye will see him even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now we see some very powerful things here in this little piece as he greets the seven churches. And as John starts to to talk, he starts to share more and more and more. But we see who it is that is speaking to him. He alludes to it here. He's talking that I am the Alpha and the Omega. So Jesus is speaking to him. He hasn't clarified that yet, but he's making an allude, he alludes rather to it, and he's making this statement that I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and no one can say that but God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God. Amen? Nobody can say that other than those. And because of that, we see that now something is about to happen. He's opening up. He's ready to speak. He's talking to them, and he's getting ready to give them a little more information. So let's go now to Revelation 1, verses 9 through 20. Let's dig into this. I, John, he's being specific about who's is here. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation 
and kingdom and patient of Jesus Christ was on the isle that they call Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. Now let me pause right there just for a minute. Let me just, let me just take a little pause. So John, we see him, he is in the spirit. He's praying. He is spending time talking to God. I've been telling you for months and months and months, the reason we're not getting answers is because we're not spending the time with God. We're just simply doing it like a drive through restaurant, putting our order in, getting over to the window and getting ready to pick it up. But we are going to have to learn in order for us to hear from God, we are going to have to be in the spirit and we can't get in the spirit unless we're on our knees and we're praying to God. Amen. We can't get into that place until we put emphasis on being in that place. You understand what I'm saying by that? We have got to change our emphasis on what's going on here and making this the most important thing about what we do every day and getting up and going and being in blah, 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 and putting the emphasis on God. If you want revelation from God, if you want to hear from God, you have got to change the way you look at God and the way you spend time with him. You have got to put relevance and importance on it. You have got to move it up higher in your pecking order of your day's events and the things that you do. So he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he says these words. Uh, And behind me, I, I heard a voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia. And then he lists them. He says specifically to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Verse 12. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a white garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys to Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. 
the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands and the seven stars of the angels of the seven churches and and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Now right here, I'm going to take a little bit of time. We see that John now sees Jesus in his glorified form. Remember, John is the the beloved. John is the disciple that Jesus loved. John had a special relationship with Jesus. This is the same John that Jesus looked at and said, woman, behold thy son, behold thy mother. This is that John. This is the John that wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. This is the John that is the book of John. This is the John that wrote Revelation. This is that John. And he now sees his friend in his glorified state. And when he saw him, he was so marvelous. He could not stand up under it. He fell as though he were dead. Somebody said he fainted. Somebody faints. It's a slow process. But when somebody dies and they're on their feet, it's not such a slow process. He just, he collapsed. In my mind's eye, I see John falling out. Now, why is it so important? Jesus reaches out his right hand and he touches John. The reason he used that is because the right is always the seat of authority. It's always the place of authority. That's when we always use this expression. That's my right hand man. Y'all still with me? When we say that, we're putting that position in an esteemed place. So Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. He is in a place of authority. So when John reaches out with his right, I mean, excuse me, Jesus reaches out with his right hand and he touches John, he is not only touching him to assure him, but he is touching him with the hand of authority, giving him right there if you will, the authority to say the words, to speak the words, to write the book of Revelation. He is enduing him or endowing him with that authority and with that power. Now write what you've seen. I haven't told you all of it yet and more is to come, but I'm preparing you. You write everything that you see. If we look at all the other prophecies in the Old Testament, there's a lot of vagueness that's in it. Even Daniel did not get the answer to his prophecies. But Jesus is giving John the answer to his prophecies. As he speaks, he breaks these things down. He starts to explain it. Now, one of the biggest things that we have to look at is the way that Jesus looked. He was in a white robe from his head to his feet, from his shoulders to his feet, white robe signifying the purity. The gold band that went around him would have been around from underneath his arms to about his midriff. All the way around him was gold. That signifies the royalty. The fact that his feet were of polished brass that were in a a refiner's fire is longevity of authority. If you look at Daniel's thing, he talks about how the feet are made of this and this and this and this and this. In that one, the feet are made of clay. 
But when we study this and we understand what the refiner's fire was, this is for longevity. We've got bronze statues. We've got brass statues that have been around for hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of years because of the material that they're made out once it's been purified. And then when you look at his head, his hair is white. His beard is white. His eyes are like fire and out of his mouth comes a two-edged sword. When he starts declaring all these things and John starts to see all these things, he is seeing what he could not see in the natural. When Jesus was here in the natural, he did not see that image. Amen? It's like when we get to heaven, we are not going to be seen in this body. We'll be recognized, but we're going to be in a holy body, a righteous body, a purified body, a quickened body. And it's not going to be the same thing. And I see John as he's working these things out, as Jesus starts to break some things down. And God revealed something to me as I was studying this. And I just want to share this with you. The devil will do everything he can to beat you up. Amen? He will do everything he can to take the gift that God has given you. Amen? The Bible says that Satan is a thief and a liar. When I realized what the seven stars were, the seven stars are the seven angels that are there. This word is a different word in the Greek. It's not angelic being, but it is in the Greek. This word means an elder, a minister, a pastor. So when he's talking about writing these letters to the seven angels of the seven churches, the lampstands that are in each of these churches are the light. The light is Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with CityGate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.